I got to get me one of those cow hats. <laughs> that was just a joke. I don't really want one. <laughs> We're in a four-part series called Change, Guilt, Pain, and Worry. In the first week, we looked at the truth about change. Last week, we looked at the truth about guilt, and this week we're going to look at the truth about pain. Uh, But before that, I want to just talk to you a little bit about what's happening at Christmas this year. Christmas falls on Sunday this year, and so we've opted not to do services on Sunday morning. We're going to give our, our dream team, our staff, our volunteers, actually our church families, the opportunity to just have Christmas at home Uh, as families. So we're not doing any services on Sunday morning, but we are doing four Christmas services. Uh, We're doing two on Friday night and two on uh, Saturday, Christmas Eve. And so five and 6.30 on Friday and 3.30 and five o'clock on Saturday. And the worship team, the choir have been practicing, got some great Christmas music for you. And I'm real excited about the the sermon for for our Christmas services. If, If you have... Uh, family, friends, co-workers, if you have people who are a little skeptical or even unbelievers about Christmas, I would really encourage you to invite them to come because that's the focus of the message that we've got and, I, and I'm, uh, they really need to hear this. And studies tell us that if you invite people to come at Christmas, they'll come. And so just step out, invite them to come and, and uh, get them in here and we'll have a great time, good music, great message for them. But uh, today we want to look at the truth about pain about pain. little boy hadn't eaten any lunch, and he came walking into the kitchen, and he said to his mom, my stomach aches. And she said, well, that's because it's empty. And so she fed him. And uh, a little while later, the dad came into the kitchen, and he said, my head aches. And the little boy (laughs) said, "Uh, mom says that's because it's empty. So uh, pain, pain is a part of life. Uh, physical pain, emotional pain, spiritual pain. And I've been amazed in my own life how, how tied together those things are. How when, when you hurt physically, it affects you emotionally, it affects you spiritually. When you hurt emotionally, it affects you physically and it affects you spiritually. And, and we're just wired up so that pain affects us uh, in, in every area of, of our life. And so our desire is to avoid pain. Our desire is to get rid of pain. And I just want to tell you right now that I don't have a magic word or a magic phrase that I'm going to give you today that's going to alleviate all your pain. And I don't have a magic Bible verse that I'm going to share with you today that's going to help you understand all your pain. I mean, that's one of the frustrations I have as a pastor is I haven't found that. But I do have some good information for you today. And I want you to know that God can use your pain for good. And that's what we're going to look at. On your notes, on the screen, we're going to look at five ways that God uses my pain for good. Number one, God uses pain to goad me. And goad means to motivate. It means to spur into action. And pain spurs us into action like nothing else. We don't change when we see the light. We change when we feel the heat. Proverbs 20, 30, sometimes it takes a painful experience to make us change our ways. Pain prompts us to do things that we'd rather put off. Pain prods us, pushes us. It compels us to make changes that that we wouldn't want to make. How many psychiatrists does it take to change a light bulb? It takes one. 
but the light bulb has to really want to be changed. Okay? And pain makes us really want to be changed. Usually when we hit bottom, that's when we're ready to change. It's the example of the prodigal son, Luke 15, when he'd spent everything he had and was hungry, at last he came to his senses and said, I'll get up and go to my father. You know, the hunger pains finally motivated him uh, to go home. You know, what do you do when you have hunger pains? And my wife said to me, last night there were two pieces of pie in the refrigerator. This morning there's only one. Can you explain that? I said, yes, I didn't see the second piece. That didn't really happen. I have never overlooked a piece of pie in my life. Just so you know. But, but God uses pain to motivate me, to goad me, because we'd rarely change if it weren't for pain in our life. And number two, God uses pain to guide me. Like a bit in a horse's mouth, God can use pain to, to steer us in the direction that he wants us to go. Psalm 119, the punishment you gave me was the best thing that could have happened to me, for it taught me to pay attention to your laws. Circle the words, taught me. Pain is a teaching tool. C.S. Lewis says that God whispers to us in our joys, but God shouts to us in our pain. You know, does God ever use pain to get your attention? It's like a direct signal. And sometimes it doesn't take a lot of pain. Just like a little rudder can steer a big ship, sometimes just a little bit of pain can, can turn your life in a new direction. And so God guides us through pain. Hebrews 12, 7, let God train you, for he is doing what any loving father does for his children. Whoever heard of a child who was never corrected? You know, circle the word train. Some, sometimes the only way to train is through pain. Uh, how many of you parents, how many of you parents would rather not have to discipline your children? I mean, just, yeah, you just, you just would rather not have to do it. But even though you would rather not have to do it, you still do it. Why? Because you love them. Because it's good for them. Because they need it in order to train them. God's the same way. God doesn't like to bring pain into your life, but sometimes God has to do that. To train you, to discipline you, to move you in the right direction. It's not because he's angry with you. It's not because he's retaliating. It's not because he's vengeful. It's because he loves you. He cares about you. Aristotle said, some things we only learn through pain. Some things you learn by being burned. And the greatest insights in life are often found in the center of pain. But this is important. If you're going to get rid of the pain, if you're going to redeem the pain, then you've got to fix what's broken. If you've got a toothache, you don't fix it by getting a haircut. If you've got a flat tire, you don't fix it by changing the oil. You've got to fix what's broken. You've got to deal with the source of the pain. And God uses pain to show you what's wrong in your life. God guides you to the area of your life where you need to make some changes. And too many people change everything around the pain, but they never address the real pain. They'll do everything else but address the pain. 
You know, if you've got marital problems, changing jobs, changing houses, changing churches isn't going to fix it. You've got to address the pain, the source of the pain. And so God has to turn up the heat in that area. And God increases the pain in that area because he, he's trying to guide you. This is the problem. This is what you need to fix. And sometimes it hurts. It hurts bad. But you should never doubt God's love when it hurts because his motive behind the pain is to guide us. His motive is for our good. Number three, God uses pain to gauge me. Pain is a measuring tool. Pain helps you to see what you're like on the inside. You know, people are a lot like tea bags. You, you don't really know what's in it until you put it in hot water. And the same is true with people. When I experience pain, I get to see what I'm really like. The, the, way, I re, the way I react to pain measures my faith. My, my commitment level can be gauged by how I react to pain. My maturity level can be gauged by how I react to pain. My patience can be gauged by how I react to pain. My wisdom can be gauged by how I react to pain. You know, pain is a way of seeing what's inside of you. The Bible compares pain to a refining fire, like a fire that you heat up or stoke up to refine gold or silver. And as the fire heats the gold and silver, the impurities are burned off. The dross is consumed, and, and the pure stuff is what's left. And so God will use pain to burn off the impurities in your life, to burn off some things that really shouldn't be in there. He'll use it to purify your life. And so a question to ask is, is what are you allowing pain to burn off in your life? Because if you let it, pain will burn off selfishness. If you let it, pain will burn off materialism. You know, things really don't matter much when you're in pain. If you let it, pain will refine your ego and pride. Pain will burn off impatience. It will, God wants to refine you through pain. Isaiah 48.10 you have, I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. Circle tested you. Pain is a test. Pain exposes the real you. It shows you what you're like on the inside. Because it's impossible to maintain an image when you're in pain. You know, when you're feeling good and you, you, know, you get your hair done and your makeup on and you're dressed to the nines, I mean, it's real easy to put up a facade, to put up a, a false front. But give you three days at home with the flu, you know, your hair's disheveled, you're in your bathrobe, I mean, you couldn't care less about image. And that's good, because God says we should care more about our character than we do about our image. Pain tests your character. You can say I'm a person of integrity, but when the pain is on, are you going to stand for the truth or are you going to fold like a cheap tent? You can say, oh, I'm totally committed to Christ. But when pain comes because of your commitment to Christ, are, are you going to stand or are you going to give up? You can say one thing, but pain reveals who you really are. James 1, tests and challenges come at you from all sides. And you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. You know, pressure reveals what you're like on the inside. 
So when you're in the squeeze at the office or at home or at school, what are the true colors that come out of you? You know, are you a fair-weather believer or are you a consistent believer even in times of pain? That's why the children of Israel spent 40 years in the wilderness. I mean, it would have only taken them two weeks to travel from Egypt to the land of Israel. But God took them 40 years. Because as God let them wander around and around and around out in the desert, he took them through seven tests. So they would know what they were like on the inside. He was goading them. He was guiding them. He was gauging them. Deuteronomy 8, God led you through the wilderness for 40 years, humbling you and testing you to find out how you would respond and whether or not you would really obey him. And some of you are going through a wilderness experience. Some of you are are, are wandering in the desert, and in the desert, things dry up. And you may have had a relationship dry up. Maybe your finances have dried up. Maybe you had a job opportunity dry up. Maybe you're experiencing real physical pain, and you're going through the desert. God says it's a test. He's gauging you so you'll know what's inside of you. He already knows. But he wants you to see what you're made of. And so he's gauging you. He's guiding you. He's guarding you. Number four, God uses pain to guard me. God will use pain to protect you from something far worse. Sometimes he'll use pain to prevent us from getting involved in something we shouldn't get involved in. God doesn't want you in a certain place, and so he uses pain to keep you from going there. God uses pain to guard us. You hit a guardrail, it hurts. Pain can be a blessing in disguise. And even a minor pain can trigger an awareness of a life-threatening disease. If you didn't have that pain, you'd never know about it, and you'd be gone. Emotional pain. Emotional pain tells us something's out out of kilter here. I feel depressed or resentful, angry, worried, hostile. It's warning me that something's out of whack. Something in my life is out of balance, and God's telling me, you need to get this corrected. Painful emotions can alert us to greater danger. And so God uses it to warn us, to protect us, guard us. Middle Eastern shepherds. They have a lamb that, uh, that, that's prone to wander. If it won't stay with the flock, but, but wanders off by itself, well, they, they want to protect it. They don't want it to fall off a cliff or get eaten by a wolf. And so a lamb that's prone to wander, they'll break its leg and then put it in a splint so that that little lamb can only hobble along and it has to stay close to the shepherd because it's dependent on him. And then when the leg heals... The the sheep has learned to stay close to the shepherd. Well, sometimes God has to put a splint in your life that keeps you from wandering too far from the flock. And you can react to it, and you can resist it, and you can resent it, but it's because God loves you, and he's guarding you. Story of Joseph, the book of Genesis, is a story that's full of pain. I mean, Joseph's life reads like a horror story. I mean, everything went wrong for this guy for 40 years, 40 years of his life. Joseph was neglected and rejected. He's sold into slavery by his brothers. He's falsely accused of rape and thrown into prison, and then he's forgotten in prison. I mean, his whole life is just a massive heartache. And then when you get to the end of the story, you realize that God was preparing 
Joseph for greatness. Joseph winds up second in command of Egypt. He not only saves the nation of Egypt, he saves the nation of Israel. And at the end of his life, Joseph says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. And there are obviously people in your life that want to harm you. And there really are. And they may have harmed you as a child. They may be harming you right now, emotionally, physically, spiritually, some other way. They're out to harm you. And it hurts. But God says, I have a plan and a purpose bigger than your pain. I have a plan and a purpose bigger than your pain. And all along in Joseph's life, God was goading, guiding, gauging, guarding Joseph for greatness. Because there's no greatness without pain. Later in Joseph's life, he had two sons. They were named Manasseh and Ephraim. Manasseh means he made me to forget. And Ephraim means fruitful, successful. And so after 40 years of pain in Joseph's life, he could say, God has blessed me so much that he's made me forget all that pain from my childhood, from my past. God has blessed me so much that I'm fruitful, I'm successful. And God wants to do that in your life through pain. Number five, God uses pain to grow me, to make me mature. Now, it's possible to grow spiritually and emotionally during the bright, healthy, happy, cheerful, sunny days when everything's going great and life's fantastic. You can grow in that environment. But you grow far faster and far deeper in the dark days of the soul. You, know, you grow far deeper and far greater in the valleys than on the mountaintops. It's, it's just the way we're wired up. And we could have person after person come up here. And, and I have people after every service come up and tell me, yeah, that is so true. I've had the toughest time of my life, but I have grown more than any other time in my life. I've grown more through this unemployment. I've grown more through this loss of a loved one. I've grown more through this illness. I've grown more through this crisis. I've grown more through this separation. I've grown more through this bankruptcy. I've grown more through this than any other time in my life. Because grace grows best in winter. God uses pain to grow me. James 1.4 For when the way is rough, your patience has a chance to grow. So let it grow. And then don't try to squirm out of your problems. Then you will be ready for anything. Strong in character, full and complete. And somewhere on your outline, just write, down, write this down. Pain is the high cost of growth. Pain is the high cost of growth. And it, it's trite, but it's true. There's no gain without pain. It, it just doesn't come any other way. There are no five steps to a wonderful life. The, the problem is we want the product without the process. We want the product without the process. Well, what's the product? Well, we want maturity. We want emotional stability. We want health and wholeness and confidence. We want meaning and significance and purpose in life. We just don't want to go through the process to get it. Because the process involves pain. involves suffering, tough times. We want the product. We don't want to go through the process. But there are no shortcuts. You can't shortcut it. 
In fact, the very thing that discourages you is the very thing God uses to develop you. The very thing that discourages you is the thing God uses to develop you. I love the message paraphrase of this verse. It says, so don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Circle the word prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed. Circle the word mature. If you try to get out of your pain prematurely, you won't mature. Let it do its work. I read through the Psalms and, and, and I just see these moving, powerful, intense Psalms. And I wonder, how is David able to write so eloquently? And then you just think back through his life. And, you know, as a little kid, I mean, David experienced hardship. Uh, you know, as a young man, even as the king of Israel, he experienced significant hardship. I mean, for, he lived his life on the run for much of the time. People trying to kill him, wandering around out in the wilderness. And it's during those painful times that David wrote some of his most beautiful psalms. It was in the struggle with his own sin that he just wrote these beautiful psalms about confession and repentance and restoration. Came out of his pain. Paul, Paul talks about the pain he experienced in, in 2 Corinthians 1.9. And he says, all the pain that he experienced, it was so we might learn to trust, not in ourselves, but in God. Now, I want you to understand that your pain matters to God. It does. He hurts when you hurt, and he cares about your pain. But pain never leaves you where it finds you. Pain has the ability to take you somewhere. And the question is, where are you allowing your pain to take you? Galatians 3, 4, has all your painful experience brought you nowhere? Don't waste your pain. Don't, don't waste your hurt. Pain turns some people into saints. It turns some people into stinkers. You know, pain can make you better or it can make you bitter. And it's your choice. It's your choice. Pain is inevitable. Misery is optional. And if you let your hurts, emotional, physical, spiritual, whatever... If you let them lead you into a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ, where you know him better and you love him more, then you can say like Paul, now I'm glad, not because it hurts you, but because the pain turns you to God. And that would be my, my plea for you today, that you would just, just let God goad you, guide you, gauge you, guard you, grow you through the pain. Give your hurt to Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 4.19 says, if you are suffering according to God's will, keep on doing what is right and trust yourself to the God who made you, for he will never fail you. Can't say that about anybody else. He will never fail you. And so I'd encourage you just, just to do a little self-evaluation. Just think of the pain, the hurt that you're going through the pain you're experiencing, and just ask yourself, just ask God. Say, God, are you using this pain to goad me, to motivate me into action, to stir me, to do something that, that I ought to be doing? God, are you using this pain to guide me? Are you trying to point me in a new direction? Are you using this pain to gauge me? Are you trying to show me what I'm really like? 
on the inside? Are you trying to show me areas that need to be refined? God, are, are, are you showing me something that, that, that's out of kilter? Is there something in my life that I need to address? Are you, are you using this pain to guard me? Are you trying to protect me from something worse? Are you trying to keep me from wandering too far? Are you, are you trying to keep me dependent on you? God, are you using this pain to grow me? Are you using this to make me more like Jesus Christ? Paul said this happens so that we might learn to trust, not in ourselves, but in God. Let's pray. Father, I, I know there are people here today that are in pain. And some of them have been, have been carrying the pain for weeks, for months. Some of them have been carrying the pain for a lifetime. And it hurts. And I thank you that, that you care about our pain, about our hurt. And God, I thank you that you've helped me with my hurt. And, and I just ask you to help, help these people today. And would you just cry out yourself to God? Would you just, just in the quietness of your own heart and mind, just say, God, would you help me with my hurt? Thank you that my pain matters to you, that I matter to you, that you love me. And thank you that you sent your son Jesus Christ for my sake, not to explain my pain away, but to walk through it with me. And so today... Jesus, I just ask you to take every part of my life, especially the part that hurts, and use it for good in my life. I want to trust you more. I, I want to know you better. I want to love you more deeply. God, thank you that you can use my pain for good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.